Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Welcome back to another edition of Miracles in Recovery. Like the lovely lady said, my name is Ray, and I am the host of the show. Ellen is usually in the studio with me, my co-host, but tonight she brought her lovely daughter out for a birthday dinner, so she is on the phone. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. And um, you were saying that she was your birthday present, right? She was born the day after your birthday? She was born the day after my 30th birthday, yes. Well, I didn't want to give your your year, <laughs> but okay, but okay, you did, <laughs> but you did. So how's yeah, the weather was, out there I was there actually tonight? in labor my entire birthday, my, oh. my entire 30th birthday, so you know, it was a, a good present. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good remember, a good uh, reminder, I guess, every every uh, year. Uh, yeah, I my birthday's kind of gone by the wayside since she was born. Yeah, it's not. It became not important anymore. So, is it is it raining out there still? No, it's beautiful. No, yeah, it's, we didn't have it, any we've rain had. Today. No, today. I mean, we've we've been like uh, we've been oh, like yeah, ducks we're, down we're here, fine. I guess, for the yeah. In, in in lovely paradise, South Florida, we've had, uh, they said in Boynton Beach, I think there was almost 20 inches of rain. Wow. Well, we needed the rain, but I'm really glad that it's over. Now, on that note, I am going to segue into our guest because if it was 20 inches of rain, our guest is, our next guest is in this lovely state of Vermont. That would be 200 inches of snow. We have Ginger... <laughs> Berkelheimer on the line with us. She's a certified professional coach, energy leadership manage, master practitioner. I'm just going to read a little bit of her story here and then we'll welcome her in. She was born in New York City. Her early childhood was one of privilege, private school education, and every opportunity to succeed were at her fingertips. At the age of 12, she picked up her first drink and it spiraled into her living a double life, like us all. Mm. Following college, she returned to New York to work in the advertising business. And I guess that's a crazy racket in itself, right? She ultimately arrived in AA on May 22nd, 2000 and has not looked back since. I left out that she had a baby in there during that time as well. So she does have uh, children and a husband. She survived, She arrived in AA May 22nd, 2000 and has not looked back. Her recovery is the greatest fact of her life. And without it, she would not live the life of joy and usefulness. Hi, Ginger. How are you? I'm good. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ellen. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for, for thanks on. for. Uh, yeah, by all means. We, you know, when we hear, um, how's how's the weather in Vermont? I always like to to know the weather where people where I'm talking to, just so I feel a little bit better about moving out of Massachusetts down to Florida. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, as you should, because um, the last bit of snow disappeared around the third week in May, and that was only because we had 45 straight days of rain, and uh, now it's 92 degrees and loving it. 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's beautiful up there, though. But Vermont's a beautiful state. I used to go up skiing up there in the mountains during the winter, and you know, Vermont does have a lot to offer. And while we, hey, while we're talking about that, real quick, um, being a being an AA, are you are you close to where uh, Bill W is buried? I'm actually, um, yeah, I'm. Um, I live five minutes from uh, Sugarbush. The the. the oh. The top uh-huh. of Sugarbush. So that's our mountain, and that is about two hours from Bill W. Yeah. And um, so it's, I mean, it's not that far. You know, I drive 50 minutes to go to my meeting, so mm-hmm. another hour well, to, the, to the house in the, yeah. is not a big deal. The reason why I ask is because Ellen, like when you know, we shared about Ellen's birthday and everything like that. I think I saw her a couple of days ago on Facebook that it's been 82 years, I guess, to the day of uh, the the forming of you know AA with Dr. Bob and and Bill W. So it's within yeah. a week of. That's what made me think of it, Vermont and Bill W. and all of that. Yep. Yep. So very very cool place. Um, so how is the how are the meetings up there? Are they pretty like are they pretty regular? Are they every single day or do you have to? I mean, I know you have to travel because Vermont is pretty rural, but yeah, it is. And you know, my experience is that where I got sober, uh, within five uh, five miles, there were seventy five meetings a week, and right. um, just you know, at, at any at a, any point, you could just get hit a meeting. Vermont is very different. Um, so I travel about 50, 45 minutes, uh, and I hit three meetings a week. Um, so mm-hmm. I take a good chunk of my day to go <sighs> to a meeting. So, well, I mean, you know, that we used to, when I got clean in, in um, 1989, we used to have to, I, I, I frequent a, different fellowship, but I mean, on the same lines, it's still, you know, it's Narcotics Anonymous. And at the time, there were maybe two in the city that I lived in, and we had to venture out into all of these other states or cities in order to be able to, you know, get the message of NA. And, um, you know, the meeting with the, you know, the meeting within the car, the meeting within the meeting, driving there and driving home, gave me a lot of personal growth, I think. I mean, you know, granted you're sitting in a meeting and you're hearing the word and, you know, translating it back to the few in the car gave me that much greater of an advantage of maybe getting out of my own way. So it's it's always cool to be, I, I right now I'm ultimately driving an hour and 40 minutes down to Hollywood every morning to, we have a project at work that I'm doing and I have to drive down there to do it. And, you know, it gives me a little bit of, um, you know, a brain check, a little bit of serenity to be able to drive in traffic with myself and sit within my thoughts and, and kind of, you know, put my day within the Rolodex that I need to put it in to get myself through it. And, and you know, granted, 28 years, it's, it's a lot easier to spin that Rolodex and get the card that I need. But like I've always said, um, you know, today's a good day to get high. I'm an addict uh, and I'm sure today's a good day to drink, you know, so... You know, we always have to keep with constant vigilance. And, you know, a lot of the awarenesses that I received, and I'm sure you have as well, um, only keep us where we are today because of the lessons that we learned or the failures that we went through to get to where we are. Oh, and for sure. One of the- it, 
both in and out of uh, recovery. <laughs> I've right. made more and mistakes, I think, in recovery and had more, you know, learning experiences um, <laughs> than I did just being high all the time. So Yeah, well, you know something? I think I made just as many mistakes. I just wasn't aware of them because I was inebriated, you know? So, um <laughs> You know, which which ultimately brings me to the suggested topic that you had is relationships and recovery, navigating relationships from early recovery well into sobriety. I know that when I was first coming around, you know, they said, don't get in a relationship, focus on you. Well, what happens when you come in with one? You were married. You were you were actively doing what you were doing, and you came in with a family. So how do you process through all of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the big, you know, question because um, I can't tell you how many, I mean, you know, my personal experience is that I thought uh, my husband was the problem. My husband was why I drank and why I used drugs and, you know, and this child that I had uh, that was supposed to be born to fix me wasn't doing it. And <laughs> I thought, uh-oh, you know, so I needed to get rid of all of them, and um, it was shown to me pretty quickly that I was, I was the problem, and, um, and early recovery was real tough because I, you know, I had spent the, my whole time with my husband just being high and drinking, and, and uh, now I had to create a relationship with this guy sober. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> the physical relationship part of it was a shocker, um, yeah. but I'll leave that for, you know, a private conversation. Uh, but, you know, really just getting to understand that I had to be in the relationship, that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just about me and having him please me and do everything I, you know, I, I thought, just do everything I tell you to do and everything will be fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, and I have well, a saying, that, like, isn't that really the, the whole mindset of, of someone who's an addict? Is yeah, exactly. I want what I want when I want it. I want what yeah. I want. And, and I have, a, you know, the saying, live life on wife's terms. And, um, you know, that's, that's the way I operated. And anyway, so we, early recovery was real tough, really emotional and ups and downs. And... Um, and then, you know, I started to, you know, really want to be in this marriage. And, and, and so that really, the work began at that point. And, you know, after I had done the 12 steps and I listened, I really got a lot of guidance from this woman, Mary Pearl, who's in, uh, an Al-Anon. And she took the traditions um, of the program and brought them into her marriage. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. And so I started to, to look at that and incorporate those into my marriage. And, you know, being self-supporting, like get a job. Hey, how about that? Not just, you know, it, my job was, you know, I was stealing from my husband's bank account. You know, <laughs> I was, that was the kind of person I was. Um, and that's how I made money. Well, no, now I need to get a job and be responsible and self-supporting. And, um, and so that was really the beginning of growing up in, a, in this marriage and being in well, I saw, I was looking at your bio and I saw where you said that um, you always had a huge hole inside of you and that you filled it with drugs and alcohol and that your husband was just another substance. 
that you oh. use to try and fix your unhappiness. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. But no, that's true. That's that's true with every addict and alcoholic. We we have so many different holes that we fill with different beings or entities or or substances or personas or whatever. Um, so I so I totally get what you say when you say that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that's why you know I you know after a couple years of being married. You know, I was still so lost and empty. I, I thought, oh, let's have a kid. You know, I had never even seen a baby. And um, this was my... <laughs> I had my, neither when I had mine. <laughs> I never... I thought, okay, she would come out and and be all lovey-dovey and film me. And that was not the experience I had. Um, and that really was the start of my bottom, um, was just hating her and, you know, really, I mean, the truth of the matter was hating myself and knowing that I was at a dead end. Like, I had everything I thought would make me happy, and all I wanted to do was kill myself. Mm. And um, so I was, uh, I was directed to the program, and, you know, and, and that's where it started for me, but it took a lot of outside help and a lot of things. Um, like what you say, like you say, you were directed. Now, um, I know back in you know eighty nine when I was directed, it was definitely I was kind of forced in the sense of you know not 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 thrown in jail and forced to sit and listen, but like every time that I found myself, the only time that I found myself in detox was the was the only time that I heard a message of recovery, and I didn't even know what that was at the time because I was so clouded and jaded. The same and the same three or four people used to come in every single time I went in there. They did the they did the um, the H and I circuit, and I would hear the same exact message every other night, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is what I have to look forward to, you know. So I I, I get what you're saying about um, not fully understanding and and you know we have to grab on we have to grasp on our own and and fortunately enough you know your your life took a turn and ultimately you started loving you so you could love everyone else and you could be a productive member of society and today you are a certified professional if i say this wrong correct me please by all means a certified professional coach Energy Leadership Master Practitioner. Share with me a little bit about the energy leadership. Like, what what is that? Okay, so it's a proprietary, as I was saying, a proprietary um, model of the way uh, people lead themselves. So, basically, it's it's about um, developing a process where you become an effective leader, whether it's in your own life, whether it's at work, you know, we, we lead either, you know, we over, we're leaders by, um, you know, for, in our families, right? So how can I lead my kids in a positive way? Because mm-hmm. most of us spend our day being negative. What's wrong with my life? What's it? How are we ever going to make changes? Unless we bring ourselves up, our energy level up. And so it's about, you know, coming out of that negativity and looking at things around us in a different way 
and a more positive way. Then we have more choices on how we can behave. So, uh, you know, not to get very specific, but there are seven levels of energy. And basically the lower levels of energy are, you know, where most of us spend are uh, most of us spend in stress, right? Oh yeah. So we're all, you know, it's like what, well, you know, it, it's. I always give the example of the lower levels of energy. If you take two fingers and jab them into your rib, into your rib cage, and you try and have a conversation, and you're, you know, you're, you're just sticking. That's what lower levels of energy. It's a constant distraction. And so what I do is I help people get to the root of what, what is going on at the core, their core thoughts, because our thoughts are really what drive emotion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, have, we experience something in life and, and we have immediate thoughts about them, and those thoughts create an emotion. And often the, that emotion creates an action or an or no action, right? So a lot of people either are at low levels of, you know, victim energy, which is like, you know, I'm at the effect of, I can't, there's nothing I can do about this, so why try? And so you do nothing. Okay, I'm going to need to... um... I'm going to need to cut in here for a second because we're coming up on a hard break, okay. and I just want to I just want to um, hold that train of thought. We'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Phone lines are open. Eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. Let your voice be heard. Everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of the fear you feel. We have sat in this fear, and today. We're on the other side of it. I mean, granted, there are days when I'm still scared, but I mean, it's not the fear that I had when I was out there actively using. Call in. Connect with us. We can help. We'll be back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandrabali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. If you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send an email to me, at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. Also, while I'm thinking of this, we have a new website out. Go to miraclesandrecovery.org and check it out. Um, I think it's pretty sweet. I think we're still, we still have a couple of things we need to do to it. I want to make it a little bit interactive. I want to make a, uh, like a, a wall of... Uh, a wall of angels or a wall of you know people who have struggled through addiction and didn't make it and you want to you want to uh memorialize them on a wall please by all means you can send us a picture we'll put their name and um you know maybe a little little thing about a little caption underneath uh there's a there's a lot of things i want to do with it look at it miraclesinrecovery.org if you have a suggestion send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery.org we can have a conversation about it and if it makes sense we'll absolutely take your suggestion and run with it because that's what it is this isn't about me it's not about Ellen it's not about Ginger it's about us helping get the message of recovery out there and one of the things that Ginger was talking about before we went on break was um, energy leadership so if you want to pick that back up and maybe maybe start a little bit from the beginning, just in case somebody came in, I just I just do want to let you know, Ginger, that we are heard around the world. This is an international show. And last week we had we had listeners in maybe seven or eight different countries. I don't have them in front of me, but we commonly have anywhere from seven to 15 different countries listening to us while we're live. So your message is getting out to people that you probably don't even think would be paying attention. Well, oh, fantastic. I'm excited. Just to, you know, wrap up a little bit and, you know, it, it really what it's about is that, um, whether we lead or leaders at home or at work, you know, we all know those types of people who just, you know, lead by force, who yell at you, and you just do what you need to do uh, because you're afraid. Uh, but that's not the type of leadership that is sustainable. It's not the type of, you know, um, so or inspiring. I think... You know, the main thing of this work I do is how do I get out of that, that you know, stressful type of energy and lead a, a less stressful life and also be effective, be a leader, be inspiring to others. And, you know, I mostly work with 
married women in recovery. And there's, you know, what I see so much is that, you know, women get sober and then all of a sudden all these emotions come out and mostly anger. And, you know, what, what I, the work I do with people is getting to that core of that anger and what's going on for them so they can then be the best mother, be the best wife. Um, and so the model of coaching that I use is really effective with this type of, uh, this type of uh, emotion. Well, I think that's interesting. How did your husband react when you first got sober? Because, you know, you were apparently not sober when you met him in your Something early different. marriage. You weren't, you weren't sober, and then all of a sudden he has this new person. How, does, how did that work out? You know, it's funny because um, he, well, how did it work out? You know, we, we're coming up on 25 years of marriage, and so it's, on the, on the surface, it's, you know, worked out well. Um, but, you know, if you were in our home, you, it, it looked like, you know, I was crazy because, you know, he was so excited that I got sober and then all of a sudden I was so angry all the time. It was my nerve endings were not, I, I didn't have the medicine that kept me quiet. <laughs> and, um... So he really didn't know what to do with me, but this man was put you know in front of me to teach me a lot of lessons about patience and kindness and tolerance because you know he embodies all of that just naturally, which you know used to drive me crazy. Now I kind of respect it. Um, but anyway, so the truth of the matter is that I really fell apart in the beginning, in recovery, and, uh, and it had nothing to do with him, and he knew it, and he knew that this was all my stuff, and, hmm. you know, and I really had to work on my anger, and, you know, the, oh, and like I said, I need a lot of outside help, a lot of therapy, I did a lot of work in codependency, um, I did a lot of, you know, just all different types of modalities to try and help uh, with my anger. And, uh, and then, you know, when I went to this coaching school and, and worked on this, this was, this was key for me, just awareness of the core issues of shame and fear and guilt and all this stuff that was put in me when I was a kid. And, um, you know, and to just release all that. Just, let me let me ask you let me ask yeah. you a question. Um, did you go to learn about you, or were you at a point where you thought that you were strong enough to be able to um, give back? And I don't necessarily mean give back by sharing your experience, strength, and hope in a meeting. I mean, they, you know, certain people have certain callings that, you know. I don't necessarily know if I could sit in a room and help an addict. I get frustrated when when noise comes back at me because it just sounds like me, you know. Um, but were you at a point trying to find about how to deal with your anger in, through this coaching thing, or was it something that you went specifically for to help others? Um, you know, and that's a great question, Ray. Uh, I know. I asked it. <laughs> 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 because the the I definitely went 
to, because my daughter had gone off to college and it was now the second half of my life and I thought, okay, what am I going to do? And somebody told me, I, because I had sponsored hundreds of people, they had said to me, you really should look into coaching. Oh, You'll cool. be good at this. You'll be really good at this. So that I went in thinking I was going to help. I never wanted to. I never wanted to work with newly sober people. I never wanted to help get people sober. Mm-hmm. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people in long term recovery. So I was always clear on that. Um, but what happened in coaching school was that. I just really got to see how still I had so many issues going on because the coaching is is really about looking at you in order to help somebody else. I mean, it really was, that's the school I went to. It was incredible. You know, they definitely taught us about how to coach, but the best coaches are those who are seekers, who are always looking to grow. So they spent a lot of time breaking us down. And, and now, where was the school? Issues. So it was really, was... really interesting. Um, and so, the, and that's why this really spoke to me. And it helped me. Where was me the school at? On another level. Where was the school at? It was, a, it's um, called IPEC, I-P-E-C, Institute mm-hmm. for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And uh, they're... I took uh, the course in New York. Um, they are all over. They're in Europe. They're in Asia. Um, you know, they have. They're a big school. So it's all classroom study. It's not. It's not online. It's all physical, right there, learning. Ninety hours are physical. So three thirty-hour weekends are in person. Oh, okay. Um, and then you have. Then you do a ton of peer coaching, and then you have online class, live classes that you have to show up to. Oh, like um, a webinar type thing? Yeah, like a webinar. And oh, so nice. We yeah. of those, and then, again, peer coaching. And then I had to, I had to have a mentor coach. Um, and, I mean, there were books we had to read and lots of things we had to work on, a lot of our life stories and things like that. So... Yeah, it was about so now you're working with a lot of different people, you know, assisting them in, I guess, how to how to deal with the stresses of life. Yeah, I mean, you know, primarily my focus is on married women in recovery, um, but I've coached, you know, I've coached many people. I've coached executives. I've, um, you know, I've coached anybody who you know is willing to pay my fee. I mean, I'll pay. I'll work <laughs> with them, but. Uh, you know, the, no. The truth of the matter is that my my main focus and is married women in recovery, um, and uh, I've developed a course, an online course, where um, it's a self guided uh, course uh, to get to the core issues of the anger. Uh, and so I, you know, and I have different. I have a lot of different avenues that I work in. I I uh, teach for the Addictions Academy in Florida with uh, Callie Estes. Um, and so, I, you know, I have a lot of different things that I'm, I'm doing out there. So now it might be a good time to ask you about uh, all of your social network, uh, how, how people can get in touch with you, how people can, can find you to um, 
because you do all of this, you do a lot of this by phone, you said, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I always offer a complimentary, a free session with me because uh, I don't take on a lot of one-on-ones, um, but so it's got to be a great match. Uh, you have to like my style, uh, yeah, and, you know, and I, I have to know you're in it too. Um, so I always offer a free call. And But anybody can go to my website, which is www.gingerbcoaching, the letter B, um, coaching.com, and you can contact me through there, and there's information about energy leadership there as well. Um, and uh, that's the best way. You can also get me on Facebook, uh, which is, you know, the Facebook backslash gingerbcoaching is my page. Um, but yeah, my phone number, you can, you know, text me, call me. I'm, I'm pretty open in terms of like, I, I, you can call me or text me and get on my calendar. Hey, that's Ginger and she be coaching. Exactly. So, uh, I was going to say Ginger Burkle Hammer coaching. Yeah. I thought, oh, Ginger B coaching, and it's like a double entendre or something. Yeah, right. No, exactly, exactly. It works. It works, you know. And, and um, so now before you, you have a, you, you do have, I'm looking at your education here, and um, you went to a George Washington University. Yeah. What did you What did you graduate with from George Washington? Uh, I graduated with um, a Bachelor's of Science in Public Speaking. Or speech, oh, okay. Speech communication. Um, you know, I really wasn't, uh, you know, as I said, I, you know, in, your, in the opening, what you read about, you know, my childhood, and uh, I was, you know, really raised with the idea that you go to school and that's what you do, and, and that was a high value in terms of, you know, my parents. My father was a a New York attorney and, you know, very well-educated and smart guy, you know, and school was never for me, um, but I had to keep doing it. You know, my fa- I remember saying to my father after high school, I don't want to go to college, and he was like, well, you know, looked at me like I had three heads. Um, right. I had expectations that are out there. I come from that kind of a family, too. My father was an English professor, and there was absolutely no way that I wasn't going to college, whether I wanted to or not. Right, right. And, I, you know, and I, I didn't do very well in college, but I, I have the diploma. Um, you know, you know so it's, it's, it's funny. You, you, just, you just said that I didn't do that very well, but I have the diploma. I was just on a, on, on a different note. My, I was sitting at my um, cardiac doctors uh and he had uh, he had uh, albert einstein and he also had harvard um medical so i was like wow doc that's impressive he says yeah ray but doesn't give my gpa <laughs> he said that could have been last in the class and you'll never know right exactly exactly so you know it's and that's the thing is that that's what was the expectation and i just did it and uh, my father said, oh, advertising is good for you. Go into advertising. And I did what he told me to do. And it was, you know, and I just never had choices at that now, time. Now, did you, did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy the advertising field? I mean, that well, seems like it would be kind of stressful, right? You know, I love the parties. No, I was terrible at the job. I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'd get too drunk at lunch, you know, that I couldn't do yeah. work in the afternoon. So... 
I love that aspect. But I have to tell you, and I love, I met my husband playing softball for the, for the company. So we both played softball, and uh, that was fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, all, all the ancillaries on the show are great. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's I, I, you know, I just was, I could never pull off being a corporate person. And so it just wasn't my thing, and that was the last job. I, I had, and then as I raised my daughter, I had, you know, I, jobs that, I, you know, I was a dog walker, I was, you know, all this different, this different these different things to just uh, keep myself occupied, but it wasn't until I became a life coach and went through the process that I really came alive. I spent a good portion, I should say, of my daughter's childhood getting sober and figuring that out, so... It, it's all good. It's all good now. Did your husband go to Al-Anon, or did your daughter go to Alateen by any chance? No, no. You know, he did, and I'll tell you very quickly, he did go to three Al-Anon meetings, and he said, oh, my God, these people complain all the time and didn't <laughs> like it. But then one of the first times he said to me, look, this is your issue, not mine. I was like, oh, you got that from the three Al-Anon meetings, you know, which I'll still throw in his face, you know, like, you got that from three Al-Anon meetings, good for you. So, no, to answer your question I'm just asking directly, I'm a, no. I'm a 10-year Al-Anon person, so, you know, yeah. it, it, it can be helpful. I, I know right, it well, can, I've gone. Okay, well, empower yourself to reach out and call, because that's what, that's what we are here for. Ginger called in to give her experience, strength, and hope. Call in. You're, you're only a phone call away from asking her a question that may change your life forever. Dial in 866-472-5792. That's why she's here. She gave you ways to reach out to her. Um, if you don't know, I'll make sure that we have them on our uh, social media as well, which is on Facebook, Miracles and Recovery uh, net, I think is what it's under. Um, but, you know, empower yourself to reach out and call. You're a phone call away from hope. This is, this is hope waiting for you to help yourself. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, 
and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness a fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, we're back. Ellen, we've made it 44 minutes and I haven't heard a dog bark. So, I guess we're I guess we're doing okay. It must America, It must did you be, hear my cat meowing? Yeah, it must be you that that makes the dogs bark when you're in the studio with me cuz they're nice and quiet tonight. Um, like I said, they're awesome dogs. Yeah, they are. They can they can be taxing at times, but they are awesome dogs. Um, I want Ginger to reach out to or or at least um, speak a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you because, you know, there may be somebody out there that's struggling who doesn't have a pen, who doesn't have, uh, I don't want to say, you know, the awareness that we have and they're looking, they're looking and they need a little bit of assistance. So reach out to them and let them know that you're here and let them know um, how they can get in touch with you and, and maybe, you know, they can empower themselves to be a miracle in recovery as well. Absolutely. You know, thanks, Ray. And, yeah, you know, it's it's really tough in the very beginning. And, you know, and I don't know um, where, um, you know, each person is at. And all I can say is that, that you know, if you have a clue, like just a, a little bit of a clue that something is not right, then, then believe that. Believe that something is not right. And, you know, don't give up and keep trying um, and get into recovery because, you know, the problem is that when we depend so much on alcohol and drugs, we think there's no way we can live without it. There's no way we could be happy without it. And that's really the jumping off point when I found out, oh, my God, life is so awesome in recovery. I've laughed so much harder than I ever laughed on drugs. I've had deeper connections with people than I thought when, you know, I was, you know, tripping or having or, you know, high with somebody where I thought they were my best friend. It's all not true. What's really real is a life in recovery. And just to take that step to walk into it is the hardest step, but it's so worth it. And um, I am so 
honored whenever I get to talk to anybody who wants to take that step. Um, I'm so willing to help. Um, and, you know, and, and just to, to speak to the person that um, may be listening who's, you know, in recovery and, you know, their husband walks in the room and they are completely annoyed by the way they walk or the way they chew or the way they, you know, skin crawls. Um, that's my experience is well, that... Well, let me ask you, um, I am I'm not an addict or an alcoholic myself, I am a parent. I'm the mm. addict's mom. Knock and it off. Do you work with family members as well? Absolutely. Of course. Of everybody, it's a family disease, and I get it. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, you know, I may not have the experience of, you know, being a parent to an alcoholic. I'm a child of an alcoholic and still an active alcoholic, so I do... Um, have that experience, and I, you know, and I just want to say, you know, I never knock Al-Anon. It's amazing, and you know, and I've worked that program as well with my mother, and it's helped. Um, but yeah, of course, I work with, you know, I really work with people to dive deep into those emotions, you know, because we do, you know, we do have inventory that we write, and we look at our part and things, but. It, this is a, what the work I do goes a lot deeper into, you know, the shame that we have carried around for so long over whatever it is we've done, and we look at I, I look I look and I confront that shame and, and and say it's not working anymore to to behave this way to think this way to so let's look look at alternatives. And, uh, you know, a lot of freedom comes from this type of work and a lot of happiness. Uh, and, you know, and so I've been there, and that's why I do this work. I, you know, I've walked through this. Um, I've mm. been in, you know, a psych ward in recovery. I was five years sober, and I, you know, just had serious anger issues. And my husband... <laughs> called my therapist, and the therapist said, get her to the hospital. And I spent two weeks in a psych ward. And that was a real bottom for me, you know, and that's the truth. And I just know what it's like to, you know, not want to be angry and just not be able to stop it. And, and now I know where it came from and, and, what, and what was going on for me. I think I it takes a... Um I don't even know how to put it, a special kind of person to even realize that they have that kind of anger inside them. My husband is an adult child of an alcoholic. He is not an alcoholic or an addict himself, but I think he carries a lot of the traits or the isms, as we say, yeah. you know, of alcoholism. And, you know, he's an older guy now, and he's still very angry, very angry. And his of mother was worse. Like, and he's very angry at her. Right. Our and anger gets triggered so fast for children of alcoholics and, uh, you know, it just gets, and some people internalize it and a lot of us, you know, break furniture. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) and it had, you know, and it had nothing to do with my husband, but he would trigger it. 
And so I would get angry. Right, it was it was you. He was just the vessel that did it. Yeah, I get you. Totally. And um, yeah. I think anything can trigger it because it it seems to me, you know, I didn't grow up in an alcoholic home or around people who drank, and and you know the the type of anger is it was so foreign to me. It was frightening. Yes, and and so it was to my husband as well. And my anger came from invalidation. You know, my entire life, my parents told me what to think, what to feel, or whatever it was I was feeling wasn't real, wasn't true. So never validated. So when my husband would tell me, oh, no, that's not a great idea, he, and he was giving his opinion. I would fly off the handle. Yep. <laughs> hmm. You know that I'm sitting here thinking, and uh, I was listening to what you were saying. And, and Ellen, you said it takes a special kind of person to recognize that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think addicts have that. Uh, ability to do that. Ginger just said five years clean, she was in a psych ward. You know what I mean? Um, well, I think you guys have we, this special empathy, maybe. I don't know if it's empathy or sensitivity, and it may be that hypersensitivity to other people's feelings. Um, you know, yeah, I think I think when we is. take back. I think when we take back our when we take back our world per se, you know, it's 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 definitely an empowering feeling to not have to cater to the this is what you should do, this is what I think you should do, this is it, because that's what happens to us when we are actively using. We are subservient one to our disease and to everyone else around us. I mean, I used to you know call myself an emotional terrorist because I could manipulate the room with what I needed just because I was that that ogre and that ogre addict in the corner but I was the most petrified individual in the room at the time and I think maybe you know when we get clean we get a little bit more empowered and that brings a little bit more of an awareness I think I mean do you agree with me on that ginger yeah, you know, Ray, I think that that's an amazing point. I also, what I was thinking was that on a daily basis, I realized that I should be dead, you know, and mm-hmm. that's the truth. I should have been dead ten times over. And the fact that I am living, and I'm living a life now, it's nothing, you know, there's not a lot of prizes and, you know, this and that, uh, but this life that I don't want to kill myself on a daily basis is an amazing thing for me. Like, I could cry because that's how I feel on a daily basis. The fact that I don't look in the mirror and scream how much I hate me. That right. I'm looking at your ten truths that you've, you've learned along the way, and I say that number one is if I am filled with self-pity, it's because I lack gratitude. And it sounds like you've got an awful lot of gratitude now. I sure do. I sure do. And, and that, to me, is the, the way I want to live. And, the way, and, and, you know, and I'm nothing special, I'll tell you that. And mm-hmm. so anybody out there can have what I have. Um, and it's just so worth it. It's so worth it. It's, it's hard to get because you don't know that until you get it. 
Right, and you don't, and you're not always, you're not always truly experiencing gratitude either. I mean, I'm only as, I'm only as grateful as my surroundings allow me to be. I mean, there are days when I'm right off the, right off the hook. But you know, there's also, but there's also moments during that time that I have these little built-in reality checks that bring me back to being grateful that I'm not the individual that I'm dealing with, or I'm not, I'm not the knucklehead in traffic that's cutting people off. You know. Um, but to have total gratitude 100% of the time, um, uh, that's a Saturday morning cartoon for me. I'm just grateful that <laughs> I, do have, I do have the awarenesses and I do have the perspective to be able to be open enough to accept it, I think. Right, but the I can tell you, when I, I first went to Al-Anon, I did not have any gratitude at all, none. You know, they started talking about it and I was like, what in the world do I have to be grateful for? Yep. And, you know, they've taught me. They've taught me. And, and sometimes you have to kind of pull yourself up short and say, wait a minute. You know, I've got a roof over my head. There are people who don't. Right. True. And the thing that True. I wanted to just, you know... Um, in terms of what Ray was saying is that it's true. I'm not 100% of the time grateful, but the percent of time that I spend in negativity is so less. It's so much less. Right, the, right, right. The, that's that's the amount of the time, awareness, right? Yeah, totally. So I may, you know, I may not be in total gratitude all the time, but I am so less negative than I used to be. I was always negative. Yeah, you you wake up and and why am I even here? You know, and today and today I wake up and I'm grateful that my eyes opened. It's it's a, you do a complete 180. Um, you know, and and f- for me, um, I am more grateful today than I was in my first year, in my fifth year, in my tenth year. Um, you know, and and tomorrow, hopefully, if God allows me to wake up again and, and greet life, then. I'll have a better grasp on what is going to happen during that day because I live today. And that's and that's one of the things that really helps me make it through that, you know, this is just the, uh, you know, the precursor for, for tomorrow. If I wake up, I've got a mulligan. I get to do it all over again. I get to live life on life's terms and have the experience of yesterday brought into today and and that really helps me in a lot of ways because what did I do yesterday to get myself out of the funk that I was in if it ultimately happens today mm-hmm. That's for you know sure. and and fortunately enough I have that awareness not everyone that I speak to um, gets to that level of understanding of who they are and, and, and what their meaning is. And I think maybe that's why um, I found, ultimately it was by accident, but we found this vehicle to be able to share our experience, strength, and hope. We really only have a minute left, and I just want to um, share my gratitude, Ginger, that you came on the show and, and, and shared about who you are, who you were, and, and how far you've come and what you do to help society today um, try to make their day just a little bit better. And that's that's really all it's about. So yeah, I'd like thanks. to... Go ahead. I was just going to say, no, thank you. You're absolutely right. And that's, you know, the gift that we're given is supposed to be given away, right? 
exactly. I'm always in search of trying to help somebody else because, you know, I'm selfish and I want to have another day of sobriety. Okay, so. well... Thank you very much, and we'll definitely have you on at a later date, because an hour isn't long enough. Ellen, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ellen. Thank you, and thank you, Ginger. I love your message. It's wonderful. Thanks. And remember, remember, with Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.